So uh, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Music, Money, and Life. I'm speaking today again for the maybe fifth time now on this podcast, Gary Gray, producer, engineer, composer, drummer, Gary Gray. Gary, how are you? I'm good, Aaron. And how are you over there? I'm doing great. I'm, uh, I'm doing wonderful. It's, it's great to, uh, to speak with you again. I know you have a lot going on. We have a lot going on. There's a lot of projects we're collaborating on right now. So it's great to touch base with, with you again. Um, I know we're going to get to the 20th Century Fox project and all the different things that are in the works. In anything else going on? What are you, what are you working on these days? Yeah, I just finished uh, a few weeks of the submission process for two albums that went in for Grammy Awards this year. And uh, one of them is for Liz Chiarelli, whom you know because she is actually a, um, one of the star students from How to License Your Music and How to License Your Music Premium. And she's actually blowing up right now. Like as a result of this album that I, I um, co-produced, mixed, and mastered for her, it's called Awakening. It's going in for a Grammy Award. And I was able to submit that as a voting member of the Grammy Academy, which I've been for three years. And so what was cool is when she finished that album about three months ago, four months ago now, someone heard it that she was trying to hire as a, like a publicity person, a public relations person. And he's also a producer. And so he heard the album, he loved it and said to her, you know what? I'm doing this thing for Gavin Greenaway. I'm going to ask him if you can do it. And she's like, who's Gavin Greenaway? And he's like, you don't know Gavin Greenaway? I didn't know him. But anyway, who he is, is he's the right-hand man of Hans Zimmer. And he's the Hans Zimmer's conductor. And he's also a composer and he puts out albums. And he wanted one of his albums to have remixes done on them. And this public relations guy who heard Liz's album was um, impressed with the album. And so asked her to do the, a remix. And so he hooked Liz up with Gavin Greenaway, which just occurred a couple months ago. And it's gone extremely well. He loves what she's doing. And he even posted a Facebook ad with a video of her in her home studio that she had sent him so he could hear what she was doing. And he's like, hey, check this out. Liz Torelli is doing one of her remixes for my tracks. And so she's kind of like blowing up, as they say, you know, in her career right now, just from this kind of series of events that occurred. So that's one of the projects I'm working on is we're promoting her album right now. That's awesome. So what, what is the album for? Is it, is it, he just wanted somebody to do remixes of these tracks for, for what purpose? Just, just because. Yeah. I mean, he's, he sees that when he gives um, like Gavin Greenaway does traditional orchestral stuff for Hans Zimmer. That's what he does, like big epic things. And so he finds these like EDM producers and hybrid producers like she is, because I've taught her how to do orchestral stuff, but she also blends in EDM to this stuff and she makes like these hybrid tracks. And so he doesn't do EDM type of stuff and he loves to hear his music kind of recreated through all these remixes. And he, he's, he's like an A&R guy in himself. He tries to like discover people and help them in their career. And so not only has he asked Liz to do this remix, which she's doing, but, and this is something that's kind of like hot off the presses, like 
what do they say on the news when there's a news flash? What do they, they say like? I think they'd say hot off the presses. That is one thing that I've heard them say. They probably have other <laughs> things they say as well. Yes, yeah, so. Breaking so like news. The new, breaking news, yeah. Okay, so here on How to License Your Music Premium is that she was just asked by Gavin Greenaway to open for him on tour. Yeah, nice. So she's putting together the band and her set list, and she's also a DJ, so she's going to be DJing and performing. She's been taking vocal lessons, and so her voice has gotten really well. So it's I've been kind of doing artist development with her and producing and mentoring her, and she's doing really well. It's a good testament to you because she started by... Yeah, yeah, um, no, of course. And I met you know, Liz, of course, a couple of years ago in L.A. Why don't we... Um, uh, link to her projects below below this video so people can check that out that's awesome will do yeah so that's cool and then another project is with um the one of the main projects is with david fogel and he's a a composer and he's a pianist and he plays saxophone and guitar he's also an award-winning ai scientist he's like you know like the guy's like extremely intelligent and he's he developed a computer that can beat champion chess players or checker actually checker players and uh it's this ai thing so his father invented noise cancellation headphones so he comes from this lineage of like and his brother's also an inventor and stuff so anyway i'm doing a project with him and we won two telly awards together and um he just won in a uh, a track that I produced for him just won semifinals in the UK Songwriting Festival, and it's moving on to finals now. And um, we're doing, we submitted his album, which was a jazz album called Back in the Groove. And so that was another one. That was the second of two that went in for Grammys this year. So yeah, I've been busy. Nice. And then you have um, this new project that you've been contracted to, to work on. Are you at liberty? Can we talk about that? Are you at liberty to yeah. discuss that a little bit? Absolutely. And this is very exciting for me because uh, on several fronts, one is it's the largest project that I've ever been hired for in my career at one time. Yeah. I've, done, I've done, I think now 10 for Disney and 20th Century Fox separately. They just merged. And so I was kind of down for a few months while they merged because I'm normally doing you know, one project at a time. And they just hired me for six projects. And so that was, um, I mean, it was a great feeling because as you know, anybody that's doing music full time, you're not getting a check every Friday, you know, or every two weeks. So you really have to scramble, you have to hustle, you have to make sure you have to watch your budgeting. Sometimes money comes in, lots of money, sometimes it's not so lean, you know, and so this was awesome because I was given six projects to do at one time and I negotiated and they asked me to bring the price down. Um, I politely and diplomatically said, no, I said, you know, I have to answer to my accountant and they laughed and said, cause I have a good relationship with them. They said, yeah, I know we have to answer to our accountant too. And I actually held out because I'm at a point in my career where I feel confident in my production and in my, with the relationship. And so they finally came back and said, hey, look, the head of Disney licensing, who I was working for originally, said, um, we're going with all six and we're going with your price. And so that was a really good feeling business-wise and artistically. And I just wanted to announce to everybody now another um, breaking news. 
which is that um, prior, just before this podcast, I um, spoke with Aaron, and I'm going to actually be utilizing Aaron and his incredible guitar talents. This project actually um, has quite a few challenging guitar parts on it, and I needed somebody that was like totally pro, top line in in guitar work, and so he'll be contributing to this Disney 20th Century Fox project. I, I didn't realize it was official. I thought we were still sort of waiting to, to hear back about the, the budget, but um, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm pumped. Well, and I guess that's pending, you know, as long as you're okay with the budget. But I mean, I'm definitely offering you that position. Yeah, um, no, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I mean, I have, I have faith that uh, it'll be a fair offer. I know overall you, you have a a pretty big budget to work with. Can we can we talk about maybe maybe you're not at liberty to discuss the exact amount that you were, you know, commissioned to do these pieces for? But it's a pretty lucrative niche. It's really cool that you sort of found this niche within the, the um, within the industry. So, like you said, this is the the, the biggest project you you've worked on to date. How did you sort yes. of stumble into this? Because I know you've been doing these these re-records for a couple years now. Or, or when did this start initially? Yeah, it's it's a kind of a fascinating story how it started. It started when I was working as a producer for a tribute band that was doing U2. Right. And we were doing a tribute also to a Genesis, Peter Gabriel and Phil Collins. And one of the key people in the band that I was producing and I was producing them in the studio and live. And we were going around the country and we were performing like this U2 tribute with major symphony orchestras. It was very cool. I think you remember I, sh I showed you some videos yeah. and sent you some photos from the tour. Yeah. So the, the um, one of the singers and keyboard players from this tribute band, he had, he had several tribute bands. And one of the tribute bands, his guitar player, worked for Disney. And this Disney guitar player kept saying, hey, we got this problem, we got this problem, we got this problem at work. And he kept talking about work. And so uh, this keyboard player, uh, Brent is his name, he said, hey, what's the problem? To David was the guitar player. And he said, David, what's the problem? And he goes, well, Brent, we're trying to get these re-records done and we can't find anybody that can do them. And if we could find somebody that could do them, everybody would win. Everybody would win. It's like, and without going into all the details, it has to do with me being able to supply stem files. That's one key thing. They'll do a big, massive, epic production. And sometimes they'll record the whole orchestra together and they'll have a rock band and everything or like some big Disney or 20th Century Fox production. And then they want to license it, but the people that want to license it can't get stem files because everything's recorded onto one track, basically. So I have an ability, I've been doing it since I was a kid, to listen to any recording and create an exact duplicate of it. And that's what they were looking for. So Brent said, hey, to David from Disney, who happens to be like the, you know, one of the key people in the administration department of licensing for Disney he said, I know who can do this. And he gave David my number and David contacted me. And so that was in 2012. And so I did like seven major projects for Disney and they loved it. And I kept being able to kind of raise my rate as I went along and they were very happy with me. Then they merged with 20th Century Fox right before they merged the head of licensing at Disney contacted, or he already was in touch, because it's a small community here in LA, it's very small. 
And that's why I really tell my students too, like once you move up in your career, it's important. It's always important, but it's very important as you're moving up in your career to keep your relationships like very concise, professional, friendly. And there's a, there's a certain protocol that you don't go outside the bounds of. And I notice when people go outside those bound, bounds, they tend to lose jobs because there is competition, obviously. So, so I just kept within those bounds. I did my job. I kind of tried to go above and beyond. And so they were talking to 20th Century Fox and 20th Century Fox says, hey, we have that same problem you guys have. And he said, we don't have that problem anymore. We found somebody. Who is it? And he says, Gary Gray. So all of a sudden I got a call from 20th Century Fox, which was, they were referred to me by Disney. Then fast forward, just recently, Disney bought 20th Century Fox. So both of my clients merged. And now um, with that merge done, what happened is they're, instead of getting one project at a time, Disney's much like, they're more intense about things in terms of doing pre-production planning. And they're just very smart about how they lay projects out. So they gave me six to do at one time. And that's what I had sent you. And so that's how I, that's how we arrived where we are today. That's awesome. Can we, can we talk about the songs that, that you're doing? Can, can we talk about the specific project or is that sort of? Yeah. 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 I can. So, so what, what I did was I did the first one of this batch, which is how it came about that I'm doing these other six. So the first is a, it's a, a re-record of the song called the greatest show from the song, from the movie, the greatest showman. Right. And that one was an experiment on their part. They gave me the job um, like earlier this year. And I was told by David, the uh, vice president of licensing from 20th Century Fox, also another David. He said, we're going to give you this job and we're going to pay you, but I just want you to know this is an experiment. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, there's a number of people here on the, the licensing board that we, we never wanted to give you this job. And I said, why? Well, I'll tell you why. It's got an orchestra, it's got a rock band, it's got a gospel choir, and it's got three lead vocalists on it. And you've never done a track with vocalists for one. And this one has a full gospel choir of some of the best singers that we put together. And it's got like Hugh Jackman and these great lead vocalists. And in order to do a re-record, we don't even know if it could be done. And right away, like, like I love challenges. So I'm like, inside, I'm like, I could do that. You know, but I just kind of kept my cool. And I said, okay, well, all right, let's go for it. So we went for it and I guess we could probably play it at the end of this podcast, but it came yeah. out, it actually came out recently in a commercial like that's running on major network television, uh, heavy rotation and it's for Agua Caliente resorts. And it came out awesome. I mean, they were so happy with this thing. They didn't really know. I didn't know if it could be done. And so it was the most intense thing I've ever done in my life. Like everything after this project, Aaron, everything actually yeah. seems kind of easy. Yeah. No, it, it sounded awesome. It sounded amazing. Yeah, we can play it, like you said, at the end of this uh, uh, podcast. So I, I had a question, actually, from the licensing perspective. So how does this work? So you, you're paid per track, and, and like we said, it's a pretty lucrative, like these six songs that you're doing now, you get quite a, a pretty big chunk of money. I don't know. Yeah, if it's, it's like, it put it this way. It's like a third of my income. My yeah. full yearly income in six tracks. Six tracks. And so my yeah, so the, my income is around a hundred thousand a year. 
This is more than a third. Right. So you can do the math. So yeah. what I'm wondering though, is once you record these tracks and then they use them, however they use them. So like you said, this one song was used in the commercial. Do you then get performance royalties as well? Or does 20th Century Fox completely own the tracks at that point? Yeah. Once you on this project, them? on this project, they, they'll completely own the tracks. Okay. There, there will be an option when we finish the full album. So that's what we're doing. This is something they've never done before. They've done one re-record at a time from different things. When they get when they get enough clients that say, "Hey, we want to we want to license that, but we can't, you know, we want our stems." When they get enough clients in the past, they'd give me a job. Now this thing is so popular. They told me this Greatest Showman. You know the uh, the movie. Yeah. That. That was a great uh, movie. Yeah, that it's so popular that they decided smartly to perhaps to have me like do the full album. Once the album is completed, we're going to sit down and they're going to actually talk to me about back end. Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. So, so the six songs that you're doing and that I'm playing guitar on, so do you know how they'll be used or, or, or do I just they know that they'll be, yeah. I mean, I, I know that they use them for video games. They use them for, um, TV commercials, but like major network, big, big commercials usually, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's very good also for the, I, I love like when I get something accomplished in my life right now, I feel great, of course, for myself, but I love the fact that I can, when I'm teaching and mentoring, show somebody how to do this like a list level production, even like ep in epic proportions in your home studio. Yeah. And it does something for the mentor and student relationship that I just, I love it because I'm so, I mean, you know me, it's like, I, you have to shut me up when I start to teach. I just, I love it. And I love people and I just want to see them do well. And so when I'm doing well like this, it just spills over. And I notice that my students do much better too. Sure. You know? Yeah. Well, it's an exciting project. I'm excited to, to work with you. Um, so this, if you want, I think this kind of segues nicely into, to your new curriculum, your new course for members of, of how to license your music premium and for non-members uh, as well, for people that are interested. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So you may have heard about this a bit if you're a premium member, but if not, it's called, uh, the Gary Gray Advanced Craftsman Clinic Series. And... I found by doing actually uh, on Aaron's site, which, I mean, when did you start the premium site, Aaron? Because it's really taking off. Um, I think it was officially launched in December of 2017, I believe. Yeah, it's been almost two years. now. Yeah. So I think like in two years now, it's really taken off. Aaron put together this... Um, he calls it kind of like the Netflix for licensing and for indie musicians. So you go there and everything is there. And so we've had courses and there's a Facebook group that you might belong to if you're a premium member. If not, if you're a premium member, you definitely need to get on this Facebook group. It's awesome. And there um, you'll find things like, like one of my other star students, Eddie Gray, and a student of Aaron's is now uh, partnered up with us and he's teaching and he's doing this incredible mastermind that he does every Saturday and that's creating like a community and a and it's a really good inspirational group for people to, to belong to so I did a 
survey on the Facebook group recently, and I got incredible response. And it, and I think you got a similar response in terms of in-depth courses. Yeah, that was one of the things we we did, I did a survey recently, just asking, what do you guys want? What do you guys value the most out of what we're doing? And the number one one thing was courses, in-depth courses. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, I had done, I think maybe a month before your survey, I had done a survey just based on production, you know, and a similar thing came up, you know, they wanted to really go deep and heavy into like orchestration, symphonic orchestration, music theory, like what does it take to balance yourself out as an individual so that you would become very valuable in any, like you can point yourself in any direction and you're extremely valuable you would more likely be able to get a job there, get a lucrative placement. Um, because, you know, if you're starting out now, um, it's good to get the quantity going, get tracks out there, try to get stuff like on cable TV. What I'm going to teach is for anyone that's uh, like from intermediate to advanced. And by the way, even if you're a beginner, you'll see that this uh, is not a bad thing for you to take a look at. I'll explain a little bit more later. And in more detail, because we don't have that much time today, but in more detail, we're going to go over the exact makeup and the anatomy of this course on the 20th of September. It's a Friday, and we're going to do a webinar. It's at 10 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time, and that'll be like 1 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. So it's 20th of September on Friday, so mark that on your calendar. But yeah. just to summarize it, this um, Gary Gray Advanced Craftsman Clinic series. What it is, is it's gonna be different levels of like a correspondence course. So the first thing you're gonna do is you're gonna send me these assessment exercises, I call them, and I'm gonna assess you where you stand on all these different areas of your career. And it'll be like music production, sound design, music theory, networking, marketing, licensing itself, uh, sales because we have to learn how to sell. We have to do the business end of things too. And each of those categories I just mentioned, we're going to go real deep into where you actually sit. And I'm going to be able to assess by you doing these certain exercises for me. Then you pop them into this, um, this area in the website that Aaron is setting up. And then we'll be able to, I'll get all that stuff personally. And it's going to be a correspondence course. So, you'll be getting, even if you can't afford, because there's going to be a, a high level, like the top echelon of this course is going to be involving one-on-one -on -one mentoring, like that I'll be actually mixing with you and stuff like that. But for those that can't afford that, you'll still be getting one-on-one -on -one correspondence course with me. And I'm really excited about that because teaching music production and this level in a, in a class setting it's not so conducive to, for the student. It's good for a teacher because the teacher can make money and there's a lot of students and you, you can kind of, you know, economize your time. But for the student, this is what's cool. You'll be able to get the curriculum adjusted to you. So people that are more advanced can test out of the more intermediate or beginner type stuff and you'll go right into the advanced stuff with me. And if you're not, let's say, a 10 out of 10 in certain areas, let's say you're a three out of 10 and you need a lot of work. You're going to get a lot of work and you're going to get it more of a one-on-one -on -one and your curriculum will be very customized to you. 
So I'm really excited about this, Aaron. It's going to be awesome because it answers exactly the survey I did. Like that's what people want and that's what I can deliver. So I just feel really good, you know, that there's a, a marriage there between what I can deliver and what's needed. Yeah, no, this is going to be, going to be awesome. And just to clarify, so there will be two different levels of the course, a, sort of a, a premium level and then the basic correspondence course which all the members have access to, right? At, at no extra cost. That's the way. That's right. Yeah. Set up. Exactly. Okay. That's right. So the, yeah. So becoming a premium member is like, it's awesome because like what Aaron's done is allowed me to help a lot of people. And in this case with a correspondence course in a more one-on-one -on -one fashion, but where as since you're a premium member, if you, if you're not become a premium member, if you are, you're doing the right thing because this is just one of many things that you'll have like at no charge. And I love that, you know, there's so many kind of hate to say it, but scammy things that are out there and people just like setting up shop and you know what I mean? Like they hang a shingle as they say, and now they're doing business and they might have a very impressive looking website. And then you get in there and you're paying all kinds of money and you're not getting a good education. You're not getting a good value. And what I, I feel great because uh, I, I, one of the things I teach is that to get these relationships like Disney and 20th Century Fox, you know, people want to deal with certain people more than they want to deal with certain music. And sometimes I have to really explain that to students. It's your integrity and how you handle your relationships and how you follow industry protocol. And I go over all that. That's one of the things I'll go over in this course and on the webinar you know, you could be doing something slightly wrong and rub somebody the wrong way and they kind of don't forget it in a way, like in the industry, it's a small community. And I don't want to make anybody like nervous about how they're dealing, but you do need to know what the protocol is. And once yeah. you know it, you're fine, you know? Are there, do you have any, like what would be an example of how you could potentially rub someone the wrong way and, yeah. and jeopardize an important business relationship? Okay, so, so here's two things which, they might seem really small or like, you know, you might not think this through, but I've seen it happen on both ends, which is sending long emails. Believe it or not, you just keep sending long emails, even if they're like good emails and they're heartfelt and they're, they say everything you want to say, uh, people are just not going to deal with you. And this, you know, and what I'm talking about is like when you're getting up to lucrative deals or like you're dealing with record labels, you're dealing with like top publishers, you're dealing with Disney, 20th Century Fox. My emails, you know, I read my emails like four or five times before I send it to them, make sure there's no typos. So that's the other thing. This might seem not like a big deal. You keep sending typos to people, they start to get a feeling that your ability to pay attention to details and to quality control they're going to go, hey, if they can't even send an email like that, they start to feel funny and you find yourself not working. <laughs> like, you know, it's funny that you, you say that. Just real quick, Gary, because this reminds me of, of a story. So the first, so about 10, maybe 12 years ago, I worked for, for actually probably 15 years ago at this point, but I worked for this guy who ran an audio visual electronics company. Are we okay on time? I just, I saw you. Oh, no, I wasn't looking at time. Yeah, I'm looking at my, my, um, DAW. Okay. Making but, sure I'm still recording because we're getting a good audio track <laughs> on this thing. Good. So I worked for this guy who ran a very successful uh, front work from home internet business selling audio visual equipment. And he did these um, installations of white noise 
and anyways, he, he had this very just thriving business. He, he drove a Jaguar and had a really nice house. He did very well for himself. But one of the things that he, he really instilled in me is he would sit me down every time he was drafting an email and just the importance of, like you said, crafting, like taking the time, reread your emails. And he would double check all my emails that I sent to clients just to make sure they were worded correctly. And sometimes he would change very little things, but it really it, it imprinted on me this idea that your communication is, is really important. And I think a lot of musicians take that for granted. You know, people just, we live in this fast paced, you know, mm-hmm. smartphone society where people just, you know, communicate without really putting a lot of thought into it. So just reminding me of that, of, of how. Yeah. Yeah. This is. Well, um, well, you know, Chris, you know, like my girlfriend, she's a studio manager here. She does studio drumming and stuff. And you know, we call, we have a name for this thing. We call it, um, because it, it happens with texts a lot, but the same with emails. We just have this, this, this title, we call it a dangerous text, which means anything that you type that you didn't check before you sent it. Yeah. Because we call it dangerous because sometimes it can come across to the other person. It's, it, it might not even be a long winded email. It might be concise, but when it gets received, it might look like the person is either mad when they're not joking, when they're not um, too serious, when they're not, not serious enough when they're yeah. not. So mm-hmm. and you can cause all kinds of tr- like problems and back and forth and you can lose jobs. I mean, and, and our society, our culture is built on all these emails and texting. And I've seen so many times or like a post on Facebook, right? Same thing. You know, you'll see something like, a husband and a wife fighting over a post and, and the yeah. other person's kind of saying, ah, that's not what I meant. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or actors that lose jobs on sitcoms over tweets, <laughs> right? I mean, this is, this has become yeah. A, yeah. A, a real concern. The way you communicate and what you say has, has real consequences. Yes. Because, you know, the, the subtext, you know, which means like, you know, the, the, the facial expressions and the things not said when you're face to face, you know, that's not present in a written communication. So you have to kind of exaggerate whatever you're doing in a good way. Like if you're in a good mood or if you need to be in a good mood, like you always need to be in a good mood when you're dealing with business and you're doing music. You just need to be in, your email needs to be in a good mood. Yeah. Period. There's, There's no excuse for having anything but a good mood when you send out an email doing business. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's like something that I, try to live by and I teach. And if you're, if you don't reread your email two or three or four times, it may not read like a good mood. And that makes a difference. It makes a difference. Like on the end of all my emails, all every email I ever send almost like 99.9%. I always put talk soon exclamation mark. Yeah. Gary. Yeah. And I know, I know Eddie's thing is, um, Keep your frequency high is, is, is a little tag at the end of, of each email. That's really important. What you, the energy you put out, sometimes I think over email, we just sort of assume there it's sort of neutral, but not yeah. necessarily, right? You can, you can really, you, you can, you can make it seem positive or negative depending on how you say certain things. Absolutely. So I'll give you a real life example. So I'm now, and I know you are. I don't know how many emails you get a day. We get a lot of emails. Okay. And so anyone that you're trying to do business with, trying to get your music licensed, whatever, you know, they're very busy. 
they have lots of emails that, you know, this whole culture right now is so like, I mean, it's pretty overwhelming, really, if you think about it, just the individual, you know, like before the computer and stuff, no one had emails and they didn't have to worry about their inbox. And they had live communication. It was face to face. So, okay, so here's a real life example. I get all these emails and, and a certain percentage of them are long and full of typos. I can't help, but when I read it, I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to read this whole thing. And then I'm reading through it and I'm like, and this person didn't even take the time and care to send me it. You know, like your boss was telling you, right? Yeah. And it makes a difference. Even if I like, even if I really like the person, I already know them. It makes a difference. It's amazing how powerful that is. But the bad thing is, is if I'm really busy and I have to read this like five, six, seven, eight paragraph long paragraphs email that could have been said literally in two sentences yeah i'm probably not going to work with that person because i'm going like if i work with this person i'm going to just be wasting so much time so the people i do work with guess what they send me concise positive emails they say a lot in a little they don't leave things out they put enough information but that's like so important yeah so important yeah, it creates the, the right impression. I think w when you don't do that, it creates the impression that you either don't value someone else's time or you don't get what their day-to-day -day life is actually like, right? Yeah. You don't appreciate how busy they are and, and how stressful their job is, right? So when you communicate in a concise way, it just it says all the right things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So any, any, any other examples apart from email communication in terms of, of things that would rub people the, the wrong way? Yes. So if I'm introduced to someone and that person becomes valuable to me, um, when you get up to the, I, I do this at any level, but especially when you're getting, moving up the ladder, you could say, I continually and always go through the original person who introduced me to that person in order to communicate. This is like pure industry protocol, especially in the entertainment industry. So I don't all of a sudden like usurp that communication with that person and push the other person out of the way. I go actually through. So like if you introduce me to Bob, whoever Bob is, say, Gary, here's Bob. And I think he could help you, blah, 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 blah. I say, okay, great. And I say, thanks, Bob. Uh, I'll communicate to you through Aaron. I won't even ask for his contact information at first. I'll just go through you. And until you, Aaron, tell me, listen, you can, con you can contact him directly. Don't worry. Just go direct to Bob. If you don't say that to me, I will never go directly to Bob. And there are relationships that, you, that are kind of sacred that if you're not watching and observant, and if you're not following this protocol, like in this, in this example, Aaron, if I went to Bob direct and it wasn't appropriate and I did it like I friended him on Facebook and I got his email address and I got his telephone number and I started talking to him directly. And if it was a certain type of relationship that, that rubbed Aaron wrong that I did that, I am not going to be working with Aaron again. I might get Bob based on, you know, but it's kind of a relationship started on a bad 
Yeah, you don't want to make you don't want to make people feel like you're pushing them out of the way, like you're climbing over them to to get to, to somebody else. Yeah, and I, I did that. I did that when I was younger, you know, without really knowing it. That wasn't my intention. I was more like kind of a I don't know a bull in the china shop when it came to certain parts of protocol, and I learned the hard way on some of the stuff, you know. And yeah, I think a lot of this you you learn as you go. Um, think I mean it's just sort of human nature we're all sort of looking out for ourselves right so until you have time and, and put years into this industry sometimes you just don't realize some some of these things but the other thing I was reflecting on and, and we can kind of wrap up uh, quickly here what I was reflecting on recently is you know my relationship with you my relationship with Eddie and the different people I've worked with over the last few years I feel like a lot of things are coming to fruition like really over the last yeah. few months, this year in particular. And a lot of it, I feel like is just the time we've put into this, like this 20th Century Fox thing, I'm really excited about. I don't think you probably wouldn't have come to me five years ago if you had a project like this because we didn't know each other. We didn't have the history mm -hmm. that we have. Um, so I feel like a lot of it is just sort of organic. The more you work with somebody, the more you help each other out, the more you kind of just naturally want to reciprocate. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's building relationships and, you know, it's trite to say that, but I actually go to it in detail. And on this course, you know, on the Gary Gray Advanced Craftsman Clinic series, I actually go into detail on how, how to build a relationship that is not like, quote, adding value. Like, yes, we're adding value, but that's such a kind of, to me, that's such a lessening of the value of what you're actually doing. You're not just like adding value. What you're doing is you're actually going out of your way and above and beyond to help another human being. So if you can go above and beyond and help another human being more than they expected and just continually do that, you know, it's not always easy, but if you try and if you, if you approach your relationships that way, things, miracles start happening. You know, it's not always, it's not even just that you're going to get something back from that person. I notice if I do that on a general basis, just kind of, it's a, it's a way to create miracles. They just start happening. And there's no other way that I can describe that other than the fact that every time I do that and do it on a consistent basis, that's the result, you know? Yeah. A couple months ago, I did this um, podcast and, and webinar with this composer, John Del Vento. And he approached me and he was like, Hey, I found your, your website. Looks like an awesome resource. He's like, I'd love, he didn't want any money. He's like, I would love to just help you out, help your community out. And when I talked to him off, off the record after the fact, I'm like, wow, this is so cool that you reached out. What, you know, what inspired you to do that? And he's like, Aaron, I've found in my career and life that when I do that, things happen, like really positive yeah. things happen. So that, that's, that really uh, stuck with me. And, um, yeah, it's just very true. I mean, I, I know with you and Eddie, the more both of you have helped out so much with, with this member site and all the resources and content you've created. And I want to help you out. You know what I mean? It's just kind of human nature. Yeah. Unless you're a complete sociopath, yeah. you want to receive. Right. So, so yeah, I'm grateful to, to both of you. Yeah, no. And, and we're, I know we're both grateful to you. You know, it's been, you know, very, reciprocating yeah yeah and I, I look forward to many years to come so anything else that you want to sort of wrap up with today we'll link 
to all the resources below. We'll link to your website with information about the new course. We'll link to Liz's music. I want to make sure people check that out. Anything else you want to, uh, to mention? Yeah. Yeah. I just want to say, I mean, we should probably link to some of your music because I don't think, you know, I, mean, I know you're very humble, but I mean, Aaron's an incredible artist. I'm not He's really a- that humble. Gary. No, I'm just, <laughs> I just don't think this is always necessary right. for him to promote myself, but, but promote away. I'll let you do it. Yeah. All right. I take it back. You're not that humble. No, no, you're, he's very humble. And so I, I find myself in these situations like having to promote Aaron only because he doesn't promote himself enough, I think. But I think we should put at the end of this thing or at the bottom or however, some of your music, some of the stuff we've worked together, because that's another thing that's happening. You know, we, we've been working together on music and things are getting licensed and getting licensed and getting licensed and we're getting like, you know, major TV like on CBS, The Young and the Restless. And so I just wanted to put a plug in for that and say that, you know, and it's been something that's also- And happened. major video games and commercial. Yeah. See, there you go. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a better job. Yeah, I, som- I, I sometimes find it hard to strike a balance between self-promotion versus what we're trying to do on this channel and this website, which is help other musicians. But yeah, I, I think it's obviously, the more we can be an example of actually doing what we're teaching other people to, to do, you know, to that extent, yeah. I will uh, promote myself. Awesome. So, yeah, so I think it'd be cool if we just took a track, you know, something and just stick, stick it on there so people can see what you've done as an artist and as a guitarist, singer, and, you know, and yeah, you've done an incredible, I mean, you, you have, you're very prolific and you have a lot of great songs and there's more good ones coming. Yeah, I'll link to a couple of recent placements uh, below the video. I'm actually working on a new video for the channel where I walk through like five or six different placements and play like a minute of each song. So at, oh, at cool. some point in the next couple of weeks that, that will come out. Um, nice. Awesome. So I'll link to everything below. This, is, this was fun. We did a, a video and audio podcast. So depending on where you're listening and or watching this, um, if you're on YouTube, you'll get both audio and video. If you're just on the podcast, you'll, you'll get the audio feed. Awesome. Yeah, thanks so much, Aaron. I really appreciate it. These are always fun to do. And, um, you know, I'd like to jump in sometime. And remember we talked about doing, like, just these um, kind of spontaneous news, maybe music industry and other related news <clears throat> kind of a flow of consciousness type of podcast that would be cool yeah we could uh, revisit the idea of doing that i know we had talked about doing that a few few months ago i have as you know so many different projects between music and now this project with you and the the member side and you know it's hard sometimes to balance everything and also sometimes it's hard to know exactly where i should be focusing my energy because there's i mean i really think there's just so many different ways to make money it's a hard industry but there are a lot of different revenue streams and sometimes it's hard to know which, which ones to focus on. So, you know, I, I'm trying yeah. to find the, the right balance. Yeah. Yeah. So well, I'm, well, I'm amazed at how much you get done. Well, I'm amazed too. I'm, I'm pretty amazing. And I'm, I'm amazed at how much you, you get done because you're, uh, you're truly work, working uh, nonstop, but uh, exciting things are happening. And, and you're a great example of someone in this industry who's put in the work, who, is reaping the rewards, you know, in, in this, uh, this contract that you guys pr- pretty awesome. So I'm, I'm excited for that. And we can, um, 
when will the project be be completed, Gary? I know this is going to be like a couple months long. How long will it take you to record these songs? So um, I would estimate that, so this is September. So we've got six projects to do so September. Sometime at like the end of the year. Okay. Or the first of 2020, right? In so there. around the end of the year or the beginning of 2020, we'll be able yeah. to share some of these tracks on Facebook. Oh, we'll be we able to share some probably. Even well, yeah, I've got a, there's protocol on that. Okay. Like, okay. What's cool is I'm able to share that last one. Definitely. You know, I got approval yeah. for that one. Well, let's so. link to that below this podcast as well. Right. So we'll link right. to that track, the greatest, the greatest show, right. From the greatest showman. Yeah. Okay. So we'll That's link right. to that link to Liz's project, some of my music, and your new course. And I think that covers everything. Gary, awesome to, to uh, speak with you. Again, I'm, I'm excited to, uh, to work with you on this new project. Awesome. Thanks so much, Aaron.